Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 130 of Lesbians Who Write. This week's topic is favourite birthday memories. Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the always sparkly and top with candles, T.B. Markinson. Hello, T.B., how are you today? Did you say co-host or coast? Oh, I, I think I said, I don't know. Which one would you what? like me to say? Well, let's let the listeners uh, weigh in and see. Was it co-host or coast? But yeah. uh, it was funny. But um, how am I today? I am kind of rattled today. Like, I woke up late, which is very unusual for me. I woke up like an hour before, I mean, an hour after when I usually start working. So I'm just, my whole day is just kind of, I'm, I'm off. I'm very off. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what is up or down. I have to admit something. I totally fuck something up. Don't Go you ahead. love it when you like realize you totally fuck something up with your writing career? <laughs> I mean, it's not a major thing. It's not a major thing. That, that like, does that does sound like it's a major thing. <laughs> it's not. It's not a major thing. But it was one of those things where I was like, oh, I can't believe I fucked this up. So when I was redoing all the Girl Love Happened files on KDP because I was, you know, swapping out covers and moving the prequel into season one, and so there was a lot of changes that were happening. And then um, I put season three in as a pre-order so I could have the link in season two. And then at the back of season two, it had a call to action. It said, pre-order season three now, still a month later. (laughs) And so I went to go make a change to that file because someone pointed out a typo. And I was like, oh, I should update it. And I was going through it. I was looking through the file. I was like, fuck, I forgot. I had written down very clearly in my calendar, change season two of Girl Love Happens because it says pre-order, change it to order now. And um, I just apparently didn't look at that date on my calendar. But it's, again, one of those things where these things just kind of slip by and you forget to do it, even though you have every intention to be a super professional author, but they just fucking slip your mind. There's always bits. There's always bits. I know I had that with my pre-order with Big London Dreams. Uh, there was a couple of places on my website where it still said pre-order now a month after it had been out. So <laughs> it happens to the best of us, TB. Is it just because we have written so many books now? Uh, I imagine like a few years ago we were probably a bit more on the ball. Is it because we have more books now or is it because we're getting older or is it the two? Maybe, it the two? Maybe the two, but I think also, you know, as we've said many times, this job involves uh, many moving parts. Don't beat yourself up. I absolve you. Oh, thank you. I th- appreciate that. Th- think, think of me as your friendly neighbourhood absolver in a cloak. What else is going on besides messing up Girl Love Happens Season 2? On the co-writing front, uh, the co-write with Miranda McLeod, uh, we got the file back from the editor. So I am doing my final read of the book. Um, it's always that... The week or two before you get it all out to the uh, art team and everything, it's always that fucking mad dash, no matter whatever, how you try to prepare ahead of time, it's always a mad dash. So I'm sitting down to do the final read, and I find the final read one of the hardest stages because um, I've read the words so, so, so many times that it's hard to get my mind not to wander when I'm reading it, but I try to do the final read in a very short amount of time because I'm looking for... Um, consistency and overuse of certain words and stuff like that so you, you 
I can't do it over a five-day span because as I just mentioned with the Girl of Happens fiasco, my memory is not great, so I have to do it in a short time. But I have to also take a lot of breaks during it. Otherwise, do you find your mind just wandering when you're reading your own work at this stage? I always have to change up my situation. Like I always go to a coffee shop or, um, you know, the library or something just so that I can completely focus because, um, yeah, definitely. And I just, just go and sit somewhere else. I quite often just go and sit on the couch because uh, that's just somewhere else. Yeah. So. yeah, I used to, when I lived in London, I used to uh, take it to the pub and do the final rate over a two-day stint and everything. I always do do it over two <laughs> days because I find doing a whole proof of a book that's a lot of focus so like break it up into like two four hour stints it's more manageable yeah I try to like set a timer for like every 30 to 45 minutes just to take like a few minute break like go for like go get water or go make a cup of tea or something but yeah so that's what I, I have next week and I'm just already not looking forward to it <laughs> I'm looking forward to it don't I sound super excited to be a writer today in other news, uh, your A-plus content pre- presentation, what was it, last episode? Um, you inspired me to take more initiative on this because um, I haven't uploaded any A-plus content yet. And uh, after you said, you know, it, it's something we should do. And then you mentioned that fucking fact that you could put keywords to it, which I know helps to meta- uh, metadata. And so I've started... Now, I, I do things a little different than you. I know you just, like, dive in, don't read the directions. <laughs> so I started watching YouTube videos being me. So I haven't really uploaded the A-plus content, but I am in the process of thinking about what I want to do and how I want to get it done and what I want to get designed and everything. But I'm blaming you for this. I'm totally blaming you because you said it's something I had to do. I, I had resistance to it because it involves design and everything, which is I'm terrible at. But then that whole keyword thing, I was like, motherfucker, I guess I do need to do it. So this is all your fault. You're forcing me to be professional and shit, and I'm mad. Sorry. Thanks. Sorry. If it helps any, I haven't done anything else on it. So, you know, I did three three slapdash pieces in an hour. That's me done. Did it go through? <laughs> yeah. I it's taking a while to go through. That was the other thing I was going to say. Yes, it did go through. And uh, it probably took, I had heard tale of things taking about seven days. But no, I think it went through in about 48 hours. Um, and it all got approved. If, it, if it's not going to get approved, they tell you before um, yeah. the review process. So, But it still needs to be reviewed, but it all got all went through. So, yeah, it's all up there on my on my book. So if you want to go and look at Before You Say I Do, Twice in a Lifetime, or London Calling, you can see three different uh, ver- types of A-plus content that didn't take me that long to do. So Before You Say I Do, Twice in a Lifetime, and London Calling? Yeah. Oh, you did your first one. Was that one more special to do? Because it is, it is your baby. Uh, now I want to do a comparison chart. You see, because it, it, uh, you can do comparison charts for a series. Uh, I guess you can do them for any books, right? You could do them for all the standalones, but I just want to do that. How are things over there? Over here, um, we're recording this a little bit early because I'm going away. Well, I'm hoping to go away as long as I don't catch COVID. So it, you know, let's see. I might be sitting around a pool uh, when this goes out, or. I might be sitting in London fiddling sorry for myself. <laughs> Which one do you think it's well, going to be, TB? Well, I'm just going to be hopeful, A, you don't catch COVID, because I don't want anyone to catch COVID, and uh, B, that you're sitting around a pool, because um, now are you going to be, like, totally, like, wearing, like, 100 SPF in under shade? Because I don't, I don't picture you actually 
really sitting by a pool getting soaking up the rays. No, I'm not a sun worshipper because I've got uh, Irish skin. So uh, they uh, my nickname is Lil Lily White uh, for a reason. Um, so yes, but I do like sitting uh, by a pool, reading a book, or just being in a pool. So I do go and dip in the pool, but I'm normally under shade. I will go out into the sun for a little bit. Whereas my wife is the complete opposite. She will go out into the sun with no bloody uh, protection on at all because uh, she thinks she's invincible. Are they? I think over the years I have managed to persuade her to put sun cream on. I've had a good influence. Is this because she grew up in Australia? Maybe, but then Australians are really, really uh, conscientious about putting sun cream on. But I think she thinks that European sun isn't as strong as Australian sun. I I made that mistake once. It didn't even dawn on me the first time we went to Dublin to check out the city to see if we wanted to move there. And so we had like three days in Dublin in August. And I didn't think to pack uh, sunscreen at all. Because, A, I thought it would be cloudy and rainy the whole time. And, B, like, it had been in London because I was living in London, so I wasn't having to use it as much. But um, I got fried in Dublin. And I was like, who goes to Ireland and gets burned? So um, so hopefully I'll be uh, sitting by a pool when this goes out. But this week uh, I have started a new project. So uh, I've no idea what it is, um, as usual. It's slow going, but it is first person. I think we talked about me um, wanting to do this before. And um, it starts off with a breakup. And I think it's because um, I've read a few books recently that I really liked and they start off with a breakup. So they start off with somebody's world imploding. Um, and then um, obviously good things come out of those breakups. So I think the first book I ever wrote, London Calling, started with a breakup. So I feel like I wanted to go back and revisit that. I'm not sure where it's going to go exactly. But anyway, I did write some of this in the fancy hotel that my wife took me away to for my birthday. So that was nice. I wrote in the library there, which was which was lovely. That is a fancy hotel. Yeah. It had a library? Yeah. Did it have like someone with like a silver tray with drinks, like just wandering around for free? Well, they had an honesty bar in the library, so it's kind of What's the li- the library was where you could come and have a late night drink as well. When the bar, an was... honesty bar is that like you're supposed to toss in money? Uh, you just write down how much you've had in a in a in a ledger, and then at the end of your stay, they charge you for it. Huh. That is. On- Were you honest? Well, we didn't actually have a drink from the honesty bar because you know the bar in the hotel shut at eleven, and by eleven we. Didn't want any more to drink. So anyway, uh, I've been doing that. Also, I, I've sent my the book I'm um, just readying to launch n- uh, next month, Change of Heart. Uh, that has gone out to a couple of early readers, um, or it will have done by the time this uh, podcast has gone out. So that's good. The good thing is, my editor, <laughs> it came back from my editor, and she thinks it's the best thing I've ever written, which is a little bit, puts a bit more pressure on. Is this the one that involves the Highlands? Yes. How can it be terrible? I mean, it's the Scottish Highlands. Yes. So damsels, drama, drams, and desire. All the Ds. Yeah. Anyway, so um, that one's gone off to my early readers to see what they think. Do they agree with the editor? We'll see. I'm also back checking out Italian uh, translators. Now, you remember that um, I'm, I'm wanting to get, before you say I do, um, translated into Italian because it's been successful in German and, and Brazilian Portuguese. So I'm thinking of doing that myself. So I'm... Um, you remember I tried out a translator. My Italian readers said no, he didn't quite get it. So 
this time around, I went through Reedsy because I heard another podcast where they were saying that they'd have success get uh, translated through Reedsy. So I thought, um, why not give it a go? Um, and I've never used the service before. Now, I know a lot of people who have, but I never have. And I have to say, it's pretty slick. You know, if you need anything publishing wise, like an editor, proofreader, cover designer, you just go in there, put in the genre you've got, you, you're writing, what you need, and then it just comes up with a list of people. And then you just send one email and then you click five people and it will send them all the same thing um, and then you just have your own inbox so that was pretty good it was a pretty good experience um, now I only had three people who matched what I needed ie people who've translated genre uh, fiction before in Italian so I emailed those three one of them came back and said that she can't do it at the moment so that's fine the other two um, have given me sample translations so they've gone out to my Italian readers to see what they think so we're, we're kicking that can back down the road, see where it goes. So that's interesting. Is there a fee associated with being involved with Reedsy? So not to sign up, but as far as, so I didn't know how the fees go, but basically the translator or whoever you're going to, the professional gives you their fee and then Reedsy charge you, charges you 10% on top as their fee. And I'm assuming from the other end, they probably charge the professional 10% as well. That's how they make their money. But may, I could be wrong. Is there a ballpark of the estimate of how much it's going to cost for this Italian translation? Yeah, they've given me ballparks. So if I if I choose one, I'm not going to say them now, but if I choose one, I'll let you know. But they are actually less than I... You know, I said originally the German one was going to be about £5,000. These are less mm -hmm. than that. So we'll see. These are all experienced translators, and the good thing about Reedy is they do vet the professionals they get, uh, apparently. So we'll see. I'll see when the Italian readers come back and say they don't. They don't seem to speak Italian. <laughs> yeah, but, that's that's my worry because I have received like you know the cold call email of like you know I'm an editor and I, I and stuff or I'm a translator and I'm like, but they don't like provide any mm. other information. I'm curious to see how it, they uh, your readers what their your readers think because it would be nice to know if that was a safe place to find translators obviously because um, yeah. that's another thing we're at a disadvantage not creating or speaking the language we want to get translated into yes definitely so you know i've i've, been, I've heard good things about reedy so uh, the only thing that pe some people say is they're they are a bit expensive but translations are expensive by their very nature i'm prepared to pay money for it um but we'll see we'll see how it goes the other thing i've been doing this week is i'm back doing my own social media so i did have some uh, somebody helping me out with my social media for a few months um and they did a very good job but I, i've just decided to take it back because I've, I've realized that my social media is me it's my brand and so i was still having to do quite a lot of the work sort of provides images and things like that and because nobody knows my brand and my work as well as me so i've taken it back but the good thing about it is that um i have learned some things from these people who came in and, and helped me out for a few months, so that's good. And also, uh, I've started using a new system to do my social media, uh, and it's called Social Pilot, and it's quite slick and easy, and it's something that I worked, it's a back-end system that I worked with with these people who were doing my social media, so I'm well used to using it. And I have to say, you know, I spent this morning just setting up the social my social media for about the next month, and it only took me a few hours. So that's pretty good. Could that be an upcoming episode? It could. Could you could you walk us through social pilot or pilot? Yeah, yeah social pilot because um that would be something I would be interested in to help. I'm terrible at social media and I need to get better. Yeah, I've never you I've never seen one that I was happy using. I've tried like Hootsuite and a few other different ones before. Uh, the only one I didn't mind was Instagram, uh, Latergram, but 
again that that doesn't work across them whereas this one works across all social media so yeah I'll, I'll and it's a two-week free trial as well so you could just sign up and then see if it works for you yeah, let's, let's do an episode on that and then i'll swear at you when i decide to do it like with a plus content because it's all your fault okay and the final thing is uh my audiobook proofing is ongoing uh i've done the first three chapters of big london dreams and i've got the next seven to do before i go away uh, don't you love audio proofing? It's the one thing we <laughs> no, all love to do. Said nobody ever. I liked it when my wife wasn't working, and then she, uh, she was when she was between jobs. She was like, "Oh, I'll do it for you," and she did. She sat there with the book in her hands and just listened to it, and it was very helpful. But now she's working full time again, so she doesn't. Have what time. do you dislike more, audio proofing or doing author readings? That is a tough one. <laughs> do weigh in. Should this be an <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do weigh in, everyone. I think I'd probably have to say, all in all, probably author readings. What would you say? I would have to say I, I hate doing the audio proofing the most because, A, that is longer. Usually your author reading is only like 10, 5 to 15 minutes. But the audio proofing, oh, it just goes on. It does go but, on, but also you do have to prepare for your author readings and then probably get there and then, you know, all that sort of thing. Whereas at least the audio, the audio proofing in my head... It has a, it has an endpoint, but then it goes off, and then that product is for sale forevermore. Do you know what I mean? Well, maybe maybe you're swaying me to hate mm. the other one. Mm. Maybe I don't know. That was my thinking. Maybe we should do an episode on the things we just absolutely hate doing for our author business. That's a good episode. Ooh, we're coming up with loads of good episodes. Right. So that's it. That's me. Uh, so let's hope I'm sitting by a pool when this one goes out. What's you got comments? I got my fingers crossed for the pool, and I would like some uh, uh, snaps of the pool. Okay. Anywho, what do I have for comments? Up first is Michelle Reynolds uh, loves the podcast. Um, Nyleth is thankful that we do this podcast, and Nyleth is also curious about how we mentioned we didn't know the author business would involve so many spreadsheets. Nyleth wants to know, what's on those spreadsheets? What's on those spreadsheets? Oh, schedules, which I haven't looked at for a while. So sometimes I look at the uh, spreadsheet, sometimes I don't. Uh, book sales. All the money I get from all the different channels, along with book numbers. I, I do a spreadsheet for my sprints, so I time every... I, I log all my sprints I do and how many words I write every day. What else is on the spreadsheets, TB? I don't, I don't do the sprint spreadsheet, but yeah, I do the spreadsheet. I have a, a production calendar that tells me what I'm supposed to be writing and like what stage different books are in editing and publication, and so I keep a schedule there, my production calendar. I do spreadsheets for... Um, the, the finance part, obviously, like the money coming in, the money going out. Oh, yeah, Mon monthly, um, monthly spreadsheets, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a ton of spreadsheets for um, ACX codes for um, Audible. I have a ton of spreadsheets for, like, the author Bible, the, the book Bibles or whatever. I have those for spreadsheets. Art team, bloggers. Oh, sometimes, if the, like, for a co-write, the um, outline of the book is in a spreadsheet. Yeah. I'm sure if we actually really thought about it, we'd come up with like a lot more, but there's not a day that a spreadsheet is not open on my laptop, unless I'm not working, but yeah, I work a lot. But yeah, oh, and then with iHeartLesbic, I have spreadsheets for like authors, and they're, yeah, there's just a ton. So anywho, so that's how we use spreadsheets, now. Hopefully that answered your question, or it may have led to other questions, I don't know. Um, also, Jill loves listening to the podcast and loves the glimpses into the creative life. Oh, there's a copy and paste weirdness going on with this so i'm sorry if this is not jill but jill suggested lauren goff's matrix which is a 
feminist utopia nunnery in the 12th century with a side of sapphic love. That sounds like an interesting raid. Hopefully this is still Jill. I'm hoping to use the right name. Already bought tickets for uh, Women's Euro in July 2022 and hopes to see you there, Claire. Oh yeah, cool. See you there, Jill. So again, I hope that was Jill's comment. I apparently didn't do very well organizing the comments this time. Also, we heard from Sherry who said hearing about my car adventure uh, my car buying adventures was stressful for Sherry and was relieved to hear that uh, Pepper finally came home. So it was kind of stressful. I'm not going to lie. It was kind of stressful. And then Con from Cleveland thanked us for the how to find an editor episode because it was Con who asked us to go into that. So, And then finally, Bias Coffee. Jay is a fellow writer and has been enjoying our podcast for about a year and listens while cleaning out the barn every morning and decided it was a time to slide us a few coffees and also to say thanks so thank you very much jay yes thank you jay tv drum roll i've got some comments <gasps> oh my god <laughs> um Let's go. So, so debbie said thank you for the episode on how to find an editor she said it was very helpful and um emma rossi who's a, a, a long-time listener um, she heard about the birthday shout out so she would like a birthday shout out because it's, it's her birthday today on Monday the 27th of September so happy birthday Emma happy birthday I won't sing happy birthday but maybe Claire will sing one line or two happy birthday to you I don't know what I was trying to do there but you know it came out weird didn't it you put, you put heart into it you put yeah. some heart into it so yeah well done you no one wants to hear me sing but people want to hear you sing so yeah can i tell you that uh so my mum and dad are quite old and on my birthday my sister was staying with them she's over from canada and we my my wife and i were away at the hotel so anyway the next day i rang them and she said oh i didn't i told them you don't ring them don't ring claire today because she's away so i rang them and <laughs> she tried to get them to sing happy birthday to me but they came in at different times and then they forgot uh, a couple of the lines even though they are repetitive quite repetitive one might say and so then, then they came crescendo at different times and it was the weirdest happy birthday i've ever been sung right let's crash on favorite birthday memories so um tv tv already told me we're only doing one she's because well, i always prep for one and you prep for like 10 and i'm like god yeah. damn it so i only prep for three so that's pretty good right for me so um i was just going to say before we get on to our favorite birthday memories um do you work birthdays into your novels? Now I think I do remember talking about this before, but just to say, um, I don't, I don't really particularly do them that often. But I would say that they're good for series books. If you need to invite re re recurring or returning characters back, it's good to have a party or something. So birthdays can be used to do that, and everybody likes to see somebody that they saw two novels ago come back and bring a gift and a bottle of wine and get drunk and say inappropriate things in the kitchen, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I've used birthdays. I've had birthday parties and also I had a birthday kind of be a way to show that um, one of my characters, Lizzie, was just a complete and total outcast in her family because her brother starts planning his wedding and he selected her birthday and she's like, I don't think he knows that's my birthday. Uh, <laughs> oh, ow. <laughs> That's gonna hurt. Yes, uh, in the novel I'm reading for launch in October, Change of Heart. There's not a birthday, but there is an anniversary, and also that's a good way to get a big crowd and have things be awkward because that's about a fake relationship and it's their first outing as a couple. But similarly, in Big London Dreams, I have a birthday in the first year, the two are together, 
and then another when they're apart in year two and that's quite marked because the first one is all happy because she's with the lady she loves and the second one she's married to a man sad times yeah yeah i don't know what to say to that no (laughs) (laughs) so tell me your favorite birthday memory tv shouldn't you the birthday girl go first okay if you like so I have gone for birthdays in my family are always quite big affairs, you know, like when I was growing up as a kid, I always had birthday parties and things. So I, I always quite liked my birthday. I look forward to my birthday. And as I'm one of eight children, I always got lots of cards and gifts and things. Uh, never much birthday cake because it was always eaten by everyone else. But, you know, there you go. That's the pluses and minuses coming from a big family. But a lot of people, so uh, as we know, I've just celebrated my 50th birthday. I know I don't look it, do I? Um, So uh, a lot of people don't like big birthdays because they're too big. They remind them of their own mortality. They put too much pressure on them. Um, And I I was thinking about this coming up to my 50th. I'm like, am I okay turning 50? And do you know what? The answer was yes, I was fine with it. I think other people weren't fine with me being 50 because it reminded them how much older they were or, you know, like my niece thought, swore blindly it was my 40th. And I'm like, but you're 31 and I was 19 when you were born. So it doesn't make sense, does it? She's like, but I don't see you as a 50 year old. I just think maybe people need to change their mindset on what 50 is. It sounds like your niece and I have the same math skills. Yes. (laughs) Very true. So, and I was thinking, it got me thinking about big birthday milestones, right? Because now I've had, like, the ones I really remember in my mind, my 30th, my 40th, and now my 50th. And and how how have I been for those big birthday milestones? Because, again, you could use these in books because people might not be, you could have a book that takes place every every five years or something, right? A a passage of time book um, on their birthday. Who knows? Good idea for a short story, actually, isn't it? Um, so for my 30th, I had a big group of friends together. Uh, we went for drinks and we did karaoke at a bar called, a gay bar in Shoreditch in London called The Spiral Staircase. Um, and I remember thinking then how old I was, uh, but I was in very much in a London phase of my life. I'd only been living in London for, I think, a year or two. Um, and I loved it and I was out all the time and it was still very novel. Uh, but, you know, it's very me. Go out for drinks, sing songs. For my 40th birthday, we just moved to this house in Greenwich and I had a party at a pub at the top of the road and I had um, a group of friends and then I had a separate party uh, in our house for my family and I loved both of them. And I remember feeling very truly loved, very special. Uh, and I think when I was younger, birthdays used to be about presents, but then on my 40th, I think I was just, uh, probably my 30th as well, but I was overwhelmed that people had come to celebrate me. I was very touched they made the effort. Um, and on my 40th, I got, oh, actually, I got a lot of presents as well. So that was, that was cool. I got presents and love TV. <laughs> it's the Holy Grail. Um, and then for my 50th, we had a gathering at the same pub at the top of the road because we still live in the same house. And about, I had, it was probably slightly smaller because of COVID and, you know, it was a bit more last minute. It was outside. I mixed friends and family. Um, and it was lovely. It was a beautiful day. Uh, and again, I was overwhelmed with love and affection for, with everyone just taking the time to turn up. We had a really fab time. And then my wife took me to a fancy hotel, as I said. So I guess some people are scared of milestones, but I do, but I'm not. But I do remember um, one of my friends telling me that she, on my 40th, that we had one of those conversations you had in a, you have in a toilet, right? You know, like in a, a bathroom chat 
Right, halfway through. I just picture you guys standing in toilets. Not actually in in a cubicle by the but by the sink. And she came out and she's like, "Oh, you're having a great time." And I said, "Yeah, I'm having a great time." It's not, you know, it's just so lovely that everyone's come. And she said, "Well," she said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm I can see that you're ha- having a great time, but that's because." She said, I absolutely hated my 40th. She's like two years older than me. She's like, I absolutely hated my 40th. And I was like, oh, I love mine. And she went, yeah, but that's because you're in a great relationship. You've got good friends and family here. You you just bought a lovely house. You've got a great job. It depends where you are in your life, right? Um, And she said, when I hit 40, um, I just split up with someone. Um, I didn't like my job. Um, I was searching for something. And she said, I hated it. And I went away and I just cried. I always think about that conversation. And I think I am lucky for my 50th again I, I felt truly loved and I feel very grateful and I'm just I'm just I'm just blubbing aren't I but that's true I do think it just depends where you are in life isn't it how birthdays affect you I think it depends where you are in life with almost all the things not just birthdays but holidays and all yes. of the, the yes. big ones definitely so yeah funny because we're very different mm. the way we like to celebrate our birthdays well yes because so. because you're either a party person or not right because I wasn't gonna have a do I knew that if it came to that Saturday before my birthday and I wasn't having a group of friends and family, I'd be sad. So uh, so everybody, because of COVID, I wasn't going to do it, but then everyone was like, just have a smaller one. So I did. And it had like 30 people. I you, am happy you had a very happy 50th. I actually remembered to text Claire. You did. Thank you. <laughs> I, I It's in my phone now as a yearly thing. You've made it to the yearly thing. And there aren't many birthdays in there for the yearly. Yeah. So you've made it. You've made the cut man i am very honored thank you but i am very different which is i, I find funny because we're very different on all fronts almost <laughs> and birthdays are no different because i hate having a birthday party for me i hate absolutely hate being the center of attention i find it awkward i never know what to say i love going to birthday parties for other people because there's cake but i do not want it to be a party for me i have gotten it through to uh, the people who keep trying to throw me parties, finally. But the, my one of my favorite birthday uh, memories was my 40th. We celebrated together in Paris. We had three or four days there. It was, I, I, we had been to Paris one time before, but this was only our second visit. So Paris is one of those magical cities. Like as soon as you like step into Paris, like you just feel the history and it's so lovely and everything. And so we had, a long weekend there to celebrate my birthday and the first day was beautiful and it was sunny we went to Versailles and I studied European history for so long I just had to see the palace and the hall of mirrors where they would put the ambassadors in the hall of mirrors and just leave them there for days just to show them the power of the French monarchy and everything so so that was amazing to be able to stand there but the, the weather the rest of the trip was bloody miserable this is the problem with having a birthday in May because there's, you always think it should be very spring-like, but it still can be very winter-like in May. So a lot of my birthdays have been just awash with rain. I, we always joke that my birthday is going to rain no matter what. So the rest of the trip was rain, wind, and freezing temps. We had tickets to the French Open, but that was a wash. I think we saw like a total of 20 minutes of live tennis, and then we canceled. Like we just left because it was, you know. It's no fun watching them pull the tarp and then trying to dry the court and then no. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so, but the, we went, we ended up going to Notre Dame and everything, and we were inside, and I was just blown away by how beautiful the place was. And then I heard someone saying, oh, we should, you know, get in the queue 
to go to the tower part and I was like oh let's go to the queue because I want to go to the tower and it was like really a miserable day I'm not gonna lie it was really cold it was miserable and so I asked the woman who was in charge of the queue like you know how long's the wait and she was like 30 minutes and I, I looked at the line I'm like she's flat out lying but I'm gonna tell my partner it's 30 minutes because she was not excited to stand out in this terrible weather to go to the tower of Notre Dame so it was like an hour and a half and we finally like the entire time like my partner's like shuffling her feet and giving me an angry glare and a lot of huffing but doesn't actually say like let's leave because she knows it's my birthday <laughs> and this is the one thing I wanted to do well I came up and on the spur of the moment but I wanted to do it in the French Open had been a wash we finally made it to the top got a fab view of the river got fab views of the gargoyles I, I, I studied art history in my uh, during my master's program so seeing the gargoyles up close was really it was just amazing and then we got back down and then we kind of you know we just went off to like a cafe and just kind of huddled inside and we did like a cafe hop like a pub crawl like a cafe crawl in um, the Latin Quarter which was very ple uh, pleasant but it wasn't until years later I can't remember this was maybe like 2013, 2014, I, when the fire happened in 2019 with Notre Dame, uh, we were talking about it, and my partner finally said, after all these years, I'm glad you made us go to the top. <laughs> so, not only did I get to see, you know, we're Quasimodo and all that, but I got to hear you were right. Years later, <laughs> but I got to hear you were right. And that is the best birthday gift your partner could have ever given you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the amount of glaring and huffing she did, but I was right. Because I don't know if you can go up to that part anymore. Did that also get destroyed? Uh, I don't know, actually. And you'll be, you won't be surprised to know that I've been to Paris many times and never been to the Notre Dame because I hate churches. This is funny. I love churches, but I, I'm not religious at all, but I love churches. And I think it, it comes from my European history background because churches played such a major role mm. in a lot of the wars and everything. So I hope it wasn't all destroyed, but I, I'm i glad we went when we did. Kind of goes to show that you shouldn't skip out on things because you never know what's going to happen. No, you shouldn't. Don't put things off. Do them now. Go up that tower. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Even if it's rainy and windy and like you're... Yep lips are turning blue yeah stay in that line <laughs> go up that tower and have that party that is our wise wisdom from today and don't be scared of milestone birthdays they're just an, it's just another day well it's been fabulous to have your company now we have got some uh news because i'm on a holiday this week um we may or may not have a, a podcast next week we might put an old episode up but we're yet to decide so there may be one in your queue they may not but don't fret we'll be back uh, or the week after, on October the 11th, we're going to be having an Ask Us Anything. So please, please, please get your questions in to all the usual places. Um, ask Us Anything. Burning issues, not so burning issues, anything about us, anything about writing. We are here to help you. If we don't see you on the 4th, we'll see you on the 11th. But do let us know what your favourite birthday memories are. And do let us know if you've enjoyed um, this uh, this episode and uh, get in touch please do we'd love to hear from you on the website lesbianswhowrite.com uh, you can email us lesbianswhowrite at gmail.com you can twitter us at lesbianswhowrite facebook us or instagram me at clairefic 
and join us on October the 4th or the 11th. Who knows? We're Women of Mystery. For more lesbians who write, anything else to say, TB? No, I think you covered it. That was like quite the mouthful. How do you do that every time? I would butcher it. Can you? This well, this is why you do it. We know I wouldn't be able to do it. Do you want to? Do you want to do it next time? No, no, I don't. <laughs> All right, good. Please, please, please get your questions in for ask us anything. If we don't have enough, we might have to postpone it a week. So you don't want us to do that, do you? Get your questions in ASAP. Yay. Keep writing, everyone. See you soon. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee. And sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode. Head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time.